Hello, welcome back to What Next, the podcast where we chat all things post-uni panic, graduate life, adulting and everything in between. I'm Zoe. I'm Sophie and today we're going to be tackling the topic of masters with a very special guest, so make sure you keep listening. So, Sophie, how are you doing this week? I'm good, I've had a good week. I am... got to go away for a few days and stay with my auntie which I will talk about in a minute um but yeah it's been a nice week and I think we want to talk about that in our peak in our pit so Zoe do you want to go first and tell me your peak of the week which by the way can I just say every time I say peak of the week it makes me think of that song where it's like she is the freak of the week week. (laughs) it is the peak of the week (laughs) so give me your peak of the week Maybe that needs its own special jingle, peak of the week. <laughs> that's literally, it. that's it. <laughs> no, my, um, I think my peak this week um, is, oh, gosh, struggling with a peak this week. Probably the fact that I started like going to the gym and lifting heavy, which I don't know about other fitness girls out there, but it's quite intimidating going to the weight section of the gym when you've got all these like massive bulky men and you've got no idea what you're doing. But um, we we soldiered on through. We probably made some mistakes, but I was quite proud of that this week. Uh, and in terms of my pit, this week's definitely been challenging at work. I would definitely say work. Just the, just the whole concept of that has been my peak. Uh, my pit, not my peak. <laughs> my pit this week. Um, I think, again, being sort of young on a graduate scheme, sometimes it's just a bit tricky and overwhelming. But it is payday tomorrow, so I can't really complain. <laughs> How about you, Sophie? My peak this week has definitely been going to visit my auntie for a few days and spend some time with my auntie and my cousin. And we went for some nice dinners. Oh, I say dinners. It was one dinner. It was at this cute little bar <laughs> kind of place. There was live music. And it was just nice to like go do some fun activities and hang out and see my family. Um, oh, that was an, a peak and my pit was being woken up by my sister at 2am this morning um, because she felt ill and she was ill um, and yeah so she's she's not doing well so I was woken up and you know when you like in the middle of a sleep cycle or whatever and then you just can't get back to sleep because you're mm. kind of a bit buzzed and awake still um, but yeah she you know when you're ill and you're not really meant to eat like you just eat dry toast and that kind of thing Mm. so apparently she's now on a bart diet which is wait i've got to remember banana apple rice and toast so i've just been going around calling her bart all day um which has been (laughs) fun (laughs) but yeah that's my pit it's more of a pit for her to be fair because she's the one who's ill um until i inevitably catch it We are very excited today because we have a very special guest who is our former housemate and best friend, the one and only Amelie, um, who is currently studying a master's in English. So we wanted to get her on the podcast. Welcome, Amelie. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be on this. We're very excited because I think when Zoe and I came up with the idea for this podcast, we definitely thought about all the different friends and people that we know who we Mm. could invite on and chat because we were like, listen, we're all going through this together and 
we want to talk to our friends about it who are definitely feeling the same way. So we wanted to get Amelie on to talk about masters today. Yeah, so why don't we start, Amelie, your introduction to our podcast, with you telling us a little bit about maybe why you decided to do the masters, why you sort of picked your uni, why your course, and all that good stuff. Oh gosh, I mean, where to start really? Um, I think in terms of why I picked the masters, I was kind of already here. <laughs> at Southampton and that sort of narrowed the options down and um, originally I wasn't actually going to do a master's um, and it was getting to sort of around January time um, before graduating from my undergraduate and I was sort of considering various options of what to do next um, and my personal academic tutor suggested the master's program and it was something that I'd never actually considered before just it hadn't really appealed to me I think you guys remember all through uni I was going no I'm not I'm not gonna do a master's that's not for me um but when when she kind of suggested it I kind of considered it and actually it it just seemed like a really exciting option um and I'm quite grateful that I decided to go through with it because I think after the madness that was last year uni kind of ended quite abruptly so I think it's been quite a nice um way to carry on my studies and uh it sort of have I haven't haven't had to deal with you know it all being finished you know I have I've, I've been able to carry on which is quite nice um so yeah I think that's in terms of why I've picked the masters Southampton was just one of the unis that I applied to and um it was the one that I got into and um was really I'm really grateful that I ended up here because it's, it's quite a fun place to live it's, it's a bit weird <laughs> I think you guys much for that living in Southampton it's a bit of an odd city but it's got fun. absolutely no we love all the residents of Southampton this is no shade against <laughs> any of our Southampton listeners we love you Southampton <laughs> residents it has it's a certain charm to it it does it does we love it and it's, it's been great fun being here actually um and so I'm glad that I've had this extra year to to kind of spend a bit more time here so if we if I take you back to January last year or whenever it was that you were kind of starting to consider it what was it like when you started applying like how did you find the application process were there any requirements or did you have to write like a personal statement that kind of thing if yeah, you can remember um, bit of a throwback yeah. I know <laughs> I know real throwback yes there was an application process um I think I was quite fortunate because I'm already a a member of Southampton um the application process was a little bit easier for me um because they had like my records and the transcript which I think is something that a lot of people have to uh, get and send off to their new uni if they're moving somewhere else for the masters so I was quite lucky that I didn't have to deal with that stuff um but yes I did have to write a, a personal statement um I think the, the main challenge of it was actually just motivating myself to do it it's one of those things that kind of hangs over you and you're like oh I probably should spend some time doing my application <laughs> but when you're doing your dissertation and other things it's just the the thing that you don't really want to spend that much time doing um but I think I had to just kind of break it down into little chunks and make it quite manageable for me um and just spend some like a little bit of time even if it's just 10 minutes just jotting down some ideas of um, you know, why I wanted to study at Southampton or continue studying at Southampton in my case um, and just kind of do it gradually um, and make sure I left enough time and then it, it, it became less overwhelming um, and it, a fairly manageable process and I, I think that did help uh, because I was, you know, already at Southampton so I think I was quite fortunate that the process was made easier because I had contacts within the English department to kind of help me out a little bit. 
Yeah, I feel like this will make actually for a really interesting conversation because mm. I'm not sure if we've mentioned it in this episode yet, but um, our lovely guest, Amelie, is doing her master's and Sophie and I did our master's last year. But actually, I think our experiences of the master's was quite different, whereas Amelie, as you were saying, sort of you stayed on at your university and, and you were studying sort of basically what you studied at undergrad um Sophie obviously you also stayed on at your university but you studied something maybe slightly different to what your undergrad was and then I actually applied to a different university so I think some of the challenges you were mentioning where you were like you know I it was fairly easy process because I already study here I definitely was a bit more apprehensive about whether I was going to get into mine but I think overall to be honest regardless of whether um you are applying for your the same university you did your undergrad in or another university I feel like the application process is quite it's quite simple and if you can show that you're passionate it's fairly easy to get accepted onto your course mm. yeah. yeah I think that's the other thing to mention is obviously with the master's unlike a, a graduate degree the cohorts are definitely a lot smaller in size and I think mm. for my master's it was quite not that niche but it was a relatively new degree that they'd started doing so I think there were about 30 of us or maybe maybe even less to be honest um and that's kind of a different thing about the master's degree and you kind of get to meet new people regardless of kind of what university you're going to and stuff but Emily we were wondering what's it been like um like working with a new cohort of students and what's the kind of like is it a range of people you've been getting to me I know it's all virtual so it's probably quite different and quite strange yeah no there there definitely is a range of people obviously um there's more people on on my program that are from different universities so I'm I'm meeting um, a different collection of people um it has been slightly hard getting to actually meet them because a lot of it's been online um and even now that we're kind of starting to open up again, we've kind of all branched into our own individual aspects of research. So we're not kind of in big sem seminars like we were at the beginning of term. So it's definitely been a bit weird trying to meet my cohort, but um, the, the people that I have met, they're all really, really lovely. And yeah, quite a variety. Um, we've got some older students as mm. well as people from different universities, which is just really interesting. And um lovely getting to chat to other people um, about their own individual uni experiences and yeah. um we're kind of united by a love of English which is always quite fun we can just nerd out about that stuff even though we've come from really different backgrounds yeah so you mentioned that obviously you've been doing your master's pretty much virtually which is obviously something that Sophie and I sort of half experienced and half didn't um, but I was sort of wondering generally what ha what has that been like for you sort of studying, um, you know, basically completely virtually and how did that affect things like, you know, like contact hours or, you know, getting to like ask your lecturers questions and things like that? Mm, I mean, it's always going to be odd. I think, I think every luckily everyone's in the same boat. So everyone's found mm. it really weird um, because I think especially for English, we have quite minimal contact hours anyway because a lot of it is just about um your own reading and so we only have a few contact hours a week um so doing that online has been a bit strange because you don't get as much freedom to chat it's it's a little bit stilted it, you know you get used to it but it's a it's a weird way of communicating mm. um obviously you know we're all pretty used to it now but it, you can't beat in, in person things 
Um, but yeah, no, it, ha it has been a bit strange. Um, but I think it, our lecturers have been really wonderful and been very kind of open to being contacted. And um, all of my lecturers I've been in contact with, um, if I send them an email, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do a quick call and chat things through. So they're, so even though we can't go physically to their office for office hours, they've made themselves virtually very available, which does help um, because it can sometimes feel a bit isolating just having yeah. to study in your room <laughs> on your yeah. own um, and not getting that same sort of freedom to just kind of meet up on campus. So I, I've been very grateful for the way that the lecturers have dealt with um, managing the online stuff because um, that does that does make you feel slightly less alone. Yeah, I feel like our sort of, you know, areas of interest are all very sort of book orientated, like books or journals, whatever. What I can't understand is how, let's say you're like, I don't know, a chemistry student or something, like how are you supposed to sort of study? Because you can't like do a lab. So what do you do? Like just get like salt from your kitchen covers, <laughs> like baking powder, Mentos and Coca-Cola, is that like... <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what, actually? So my housemate is an engineer. And because the oh. labs have all been closed, when they do a lab, they watch their lecturer do it. And so they don't get to do oh. it. They just watch someone else do the thing. But it means that they don't have the same practical experience. And obviously for engineering, it's such a practical subject. But if you're just watching someone else, I, I don't know, I don't think I'd take it in as well as actually just doing it myself. So um, yeah, it must be really hard for, for engineers and the practical sciences. Yeah, that's crazy because you definitely have to do it to be able to understand what's actually going on. Like, it's just not the same effect if you're watching someone do it. But that sounds crazy. Now that um, lockdown is lifted and things are hopefully improving and kind of shifting, like, has there been any change in your course or how the university have approached things? Is there any, are you being able to, you know, do more in-person meetings or that kind of thing? And is there anything you're looking forward to once you're hopefully allowed to, if it ever happens, kind of have seminars and stuff like that in person again? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, because of the, the place I am at in my master's, I don't think I'm going to have seminars again because um, this term I'm doing these kind of individual research projects. So that's very much just me working on my own. Um, and then after that, it's, it's moving into the dissertation term. So sadly, I don't think I will get the chance to have in-person seminars again, because I don't think there's going to be any in my course, at, you know, until I finish, uh, which is a bit of a shame. But um, I think more broadly, I think the uni is starting to kind of move back on into in-person things which is nice for I can I can be pleased for other students that are going to be joining the uni and starting things because uh, you know I'm very lucky to have had almost three years of in-person teaching um, so I'm pleased that the other people will get to experience that because it, it does make a difference you know when you're actually chatting to people that are equally as passionate about subjects especially for masters because um, you know people have really chosen to be there and it's a little bit further along the academic journey so um, it's a little bit more niche and people have their their passions and their interests and um, yeah so it's great being able to get to chat to people in, in person about that but I just think it must be so strange for students who started like last year or the year before and this is all they've known that must be so bizarre that they've only ever known it to be online and they've never really got to experience things like freshers and you know societies in person and lectures and that kind of being on campus and running into your friend at the library or that kind of 
community feel that you actually get from in-person university it must be so weird really strange even going onto campus I know I'm here during the summer so there isn't many people around anyway but going into things like the library because you have to book a slot now and so Mm. it's a bit more you can't just rock up in the morning and stay there until you fancy you have a time slot Um, and there's just less people mingling around so you don't have that same kind of university feel. So as we said, things have obviously been, you know, very hard and challenging with COVID and studying. Um, But I think there's challenges associated with that jump from undergrad to master's as it is, you know, COVID or no COVID. So what would you say has been like the biggest difference between master's and undergrad? And what's that like transition been like for you? Oh, yeah, I was actually quite surprised because I, you know, obviously it's a postgraduate, but I don't think I'd quite twigged that in my head so I was initially quite surprised at the jump from undergraduate to postgraduate um I think the main thing that I've noticed um as being like the most kind of different is I think more so now I have to have an opinion as an academic you obviously do that a little bit through your undergraduate but I think more so in in postgraduate they kind of see you your lecturers sort of see you more as a peer than as just a student a man Um, of science yes a man of science a scholar um bachelor so they expect me to actually weigh in on Mm. kind of what I think and how I can add to the academic field um I think that's been the biggest thing that I've noticed being the difference, you know. Absolutely. I feel like um, you essentially, and I feel like this is a bit important thing for people who are considering like, oh, you know, should I just like do a master's or like, oh, I'm going to do a panic master's. You can't get away with not having an opinion or not mm-hmm. doing the reading in the same way that you can with an undergrad, because I feel like for me, at least when I was at, especially going to a new university, everyone was there because you know they were really passionate and you know my course I had like loads of international students I had students from Uzbekistan Zimbabwe um you know and they were like they'd fought to be here um so it was like you can't just sit and be like yeah I haven't actually read that chapter you have to like genuinely be you know engaged and you're so right I feel like they really treat you on like a different level I feel like it's similar to um when you go from GCC to A level and how your teachers yeah. like the relationship changes I feel like it's like that oh absolutely yeah and and like you guys were saying earlier because it's a smaller cohort as well masters are a bit more but more niche you you kind of can't hide behind other people um you know in my seminars there were only eight of us I think so if you hadn't done the reading it was really obvious because um you know your lecturer will ask you a specific question so you kind of have to have something um about what you've thought not just about what you've read and they don't want you to just regurgitate the information but they actually want you to have thought about it and thought about where you stand in relation to it and what your opinion is so yeah you you kind of you can't hide almost not to you know put mm. anyone off but you it's it is a step up and you have to do um a bit more work and be more kind of invested in the academic field that you're taking part in yeah I enjoyed that though I don't know if you two yeah. enjoyed it as well yeah like it's, it's actually really fun because I think sometimes you get into the habit of just you know reading all your secondary reading reading the primary sources and going okay cool that's it moving on um but actually it's quite fun stepping back from it and going, okay, do I agree with this person? Why? What's going on? Like, what's what's my opinion? And my opinion actually matters, which is quite a nice, um, nice thing to be part of. 
I've just been like enthusiastically nodding for the past two minutes <laughs> because I totally agree with what both of you are saying. I, I really love that about the Masters because you almost felt that you were on the same level as your lecturers. Um, obviously, you're not because they've had years of study ahead of you. But I remember one of the first things um, my lecturer said to me was that like your opinion is just as valid as mine and your arguments are just as valid as mine. The only difference is I've got a few extra years on top of you to have read more books and mm -hmm. read more things. And yeah, that's something that whilst it is a challenge of doing a master's, it's so nice to know like my opinions are valid. And also everyone's come from different like backgrounds and different experiences mm. and everyone, you know, if you're worried about not having an opinion on that kind of thing you do and like you should feel confident about that and feel confident about sharing that because everyone has a different take on things and a different understanding and perception of things and I remember often I'd feel scared to put my hands up in a seminar because I think well that's not the right answer but mm. sometimes I would put my hand up and it might not have been the answer that the lecturer was looking for but it was like a different take and a different mm opinion and it was unique and that's what is exciting about doing a master's I think yeah I feel like as well you sort of you start doing this in your third year I think of undergrads where you know sometimes I, I feel like the typical undergrad experience is you do a module especially for those sort of humanities can't really speak for like maths <laughs> <laughs> or computer science um, there we are uh, no, I feel like you sort of, you know, you do a module or whatever, and then you've got your course book, and then you get to sort of the, let's say you're in second year, and you get to sort of the assignment, and usually you sort of pick an essay question out of 10 or something, and you just write it. Whereas I feel like a master's, there was never, that was never how it worked. It was very much, you make the question. Um, oh, absolutely. I remember with our first, the first module I did when I started the master's programme, I was looking through the kind of um, outline of the module. And it had right at the end all the stuff about the assignments. And we had an initial um, sort of shorter assignment that was um, a critical commentary on a source. But then the second big assignment was just write an essay. Like they were like, there's your word count, go. And so there was literally nothing. So one of my course mates who didn't go to Southampton, she was like, is there any more information? Like, what do we do? And I was like, I think we just have to literally pick a topic and form our own question, a bit like a dissertation. Um, but it's, you know, it was just a kind of normal essay. But yeah, you're very much having to, you're not being spoon fed. You're very much having to kind of shape your research and your academic thinking, which is is challenging for sure, but also is really fun because it does give you the freedom to explore what you're actually interested in within that topic. And I think yeah. it definitely feels daunting at first when you're faced with that, oh, just, you know, pick whatever you want and write about it. Because you don't know where to start. And when you have that much freedom, it's almost like, where do I narrow it down? But actually, it's really exciting because you can make, your master's is what you make of it, basically. And you can choose to specialise in whatever you want. And I know Zoe and I studied more similar things and Amelie's degree in English is obviously different. But with mine, I, I became really interested in climate change and security. And so I loved being able to write about that. And if ever we could come up with our own question, I would just, you know, go down that route. Or even if we had a couple of assignments where they gave you questions and I just spoke to my lecturers and said, look, can I do my own question? And they're so flexible and mm. open to it. And they're open to if there's something like a theme you want to discuss in a seminar, they're open to it. And I think that's what's so 
amazing and you know you just get such amazing opportunities when you do a master's yeah I feel like that's to be honest I feel like that's quite or at least from my position when I was applying for my master's I feel like there's a false misconception that to do a postgraduate degree you know it's in a different class to undergrad this is you know the real like you've got to be the absolute best of the best I feel like there's this misconception that you do have to be you know in the top one percent of a university or whatever and obviously whilst you know you have to meet certain requirements I actually think just gen genuinely having an interest in your topic and saying you know I want to do something on climate change I think that passion and genuine interest to study further is actually much much more important than this idea of being you know this really prestigious postgraduate person and I know I don't know if Amelie and Sophie if you you had this at all when you were sort of applying and you know getting ready for the masters but I did have that feeling I was worried I wasn't going to be good enough and I was worried I wasn't going to be able to cope but I felt like actually having that like interest has really helped me Oh my goodness, preaching to the choir here, literally my <laughs> of my application process and even actually into the masters, like once I'd started, I constantly was coming to this point of like, oh no, what if I'm not smart enough? Like, what if I'm, mm. I can't do this? And actually it's, it's far more about just following your interests and letting that be the thing that drives you because you're always going to have those doubts. And there's, it, you know, let's be real, there's always going to be people that are smarter than you, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try and and just, you know, I think instead of focusing on the what if I'm not good enough, focus on the things that you really enjoy. And that mm. will actually make the process so much more enjoyable because you then start to just, you know, discover what you're passionate about. And, um, you know, seeing that kind of academic pathway unfold in front of you, it's a really exciting thing because you're actually then just, you know, letting your interests drive you and you learn much more about yourself than if you listen to that annoying little voice that goes, ha, you're not good enough because, you know, who needs that voice? That voice is <laughs> No good. <laughs> Don't listen not. to that voice. Yeah. yeah. Don't listen. Yeah, I, I remember when I was applying for my master's, I remember talking to Zoe and my lecturer and thinking, oh my God, how do I do this? What if I don't get accepted? How do I put together this application? And Zoe was like, you're, you're fine. You literally know the person who is running the course. <laughs> you go to the university, you know, you're, you're fine. And I think because fewer people apply to do masters anyway from my understanding I mean I might be wrong but from my understanding it's not as crazy competitive unless you're applying to like really you know big universities or like Oxbridge or something like that yeah I feel like no I feel like you're you're right I feel it it does get slightly more difficult when you're applying not to your university yeah um and yeah, it gets more difficult again when you're applying maybe to the London universities or the Oxbridge universities. Um, one thing we haven't actually touched on actually that I just wanted to mention was financing a master's because it's actually quite different to the undergrad. Well, not quite different. It's a little bit different. So I guess like, for example, myself um, going through the sort of typical or at least the most common way that a university student funds their degree so during my undergrad obviously applied for the student finance tuition and the maintenance but actually when you get to a master's uh, it's slightly different because if you still want to get a loan from the government from student finance you can um, but instead of being a tuition fee and a maintenance it's just one big um, one big sum of money uh, I believe currently in 2021 <laughs> I might change subject to changes it's 10,000 um, pounds 
and that's sort of blanket but that's your the expectation is that's going to cover your um your tuition fees and then any associated living costs so I know for myself when I was looking at some more prestigious universities that we shall not name um I was just priced out of applying because um, the difference, this is a key difference actually between the undergrad and the masters. Is at an undergraduate level, universities set the same tuition fee, um, 9,000, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas at masters, there is no um, set by the government. So it means that universities can charge whatever they like. Um, so I know that I was thinking about staying on at my university, but I was again priced out because it was too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought that was an important caveat to put in there. So in yeah. terms of how easy it is to apply, it really does depend on sort of what you're thinking about financially and where you're thinking about going because they do um, change a fair amount. Yeah, absolutely. And it's information that's not, like I wasn't aware that the, the tuition fee and the, the kind of you know government loan was different for, for postgraduate. I was quite grateful because um, because both of you had already applied for masters and done them by the time it came for me to applying. It meant that I had a bit of inf- inside information. Wise words. <laughs> really, yeah, you were really very helpful to, to that process because it was something. It feels quite daunting when you're kind of on your own going through the process. Um, so it's quite it's quite valuable having those people that have already done it and go okay they can talk you through the ins and out um you know and yeah it's 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 a funny detail that, that you don't realize when you're applying for the masters initially that oh you just get a whole lump sum and then you have to kind of work with that you know how you will the other thing to consider also is the fact that you know some masters degrees you can study part time and some masters you can do full time so it depends on what you're studying but um, I know for mine, I could have done it over two years and worked alongside it. Um, so some people would do that and fund themselves and that kind of thing. And there's just lots of different ways of doing it. So definitely um, consult Google, do a bit of research when you're thinking about applying because there are so many factors to consider. Um, and the information isn't always as easy and accessible as it is for an undergraduate degree. Mm. Yeah, it can get a bit confusing in all the websites. So I, I like to make a little spreadsheet where I put all the information on so I can compare it easily because otherwise you've just got a million tabs open and you're clicking frantically between them like, I don't know anymore. <laughs> information. So in terms of, can, do correct me if I'm wrong, Amelie. So is it right that you've now sort of got your dissertation is sort of the main, the last sort of piece of your master's that you, you're moving towards? Mm, yeah so I'm currently in the middle of two research projects um mm. both of them will be 6,000 word essay which are both due on the same day which I have mixed feelings oh. about <laughs> at the end of August um I think it's great because it gets them both out of the way but also it means I'm doing two big essays at the same time um but yes after that I will then be on to the dissertation portion of my master's and so nearly at the end <laughs> nearly yeah I'm halfway through now <laughs> So in terms of where you're at now, having sort of, you know, getting to the tail end of your modules and then starting sort of big piece of the dissertation, what do you think are sort of some key tips or tidbits or bits of advice that you would give in terms of sort of how to succeed, what that word means, um, in a master's degree? I think um, for me, organisation is quite a big thing. Um, I love writing lists and things I think because there's quite a lot of things going on and a lot of different 
aspects of your, your education that you're having to kind of manage um I find writing things down quite helpful to be able to sort of keep track of what my deadlines are and and sort of have ideas of what I want to have achieved at certain points because obviously you know this is a very different style of learning from sort of school and um you know even with undergraduate because with undergraduate you have kind of weeks reading that's set for each week whereas this is just kind of like get on with it do your own thing so I think I like to kind of make sort of goals of where I'd like to be in terms of work done so that I can kind of monitor how how I'm getting along with that um and it just means that I'm sort of aware of what I'm up to and keeping track of all the things that need going on obviously easier said than done because there is a lot of stuff it you know it's it's a busy time and that's okay like um you're not doing anything wrong if if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed and it's a bit busy because it is is a busy time um but yeah I think just sort of keeping aware and keeping an idea of what you want to sort of have in mind of when you want to get things done that and break it into smaller smaller chunks that make it a bit more manageable I think um I think that's such a good idea of what you were saying about having your goals and things that you want to achieve and I also remember one of the first little welcome meetings that I had with my cohort at the beginning of my master's our lecturer said um like have a think and write down what you actually want to get out of this master's and what your personal goals are, you know, where you want to be at the end of it, because it's quite easy to just work on the assignments and kind of just not breeze through because it's a lot of hard work, but just kind of go with the flow of it. Or you can be a bit more specific about what you want to get out of it and what direction you want to go in and that kind of thing. And you might not even know, which is totally fine, but, even if you just start and you think oh I'd really like to just you know focus on some areas that really interest me and go down that pathway or I'd really like to improve my analytical skills or work on this Mm -hmm. or work on that um I think that's quite a nice way to approach it um because it is an investment at the end of the day I feel like Sophie now that you're you know one year on or so from not really one year on but you know what I mean uh from the masters is there anything using your now learned experience is there anything that you wish you had known or done maybe slightly differently during your master's years oh good question I think just make the most of everything and all the opportunities that come up um just with regards to university in general to be honest being in that space with like-minded students and having experts in like their relative fields and everything you know who are going to conferences and doing this and that um there are just so many exciting opportunities that come up and so many different things that you can do whether it's like within your master's degree or outside of it there's so much to get involved in and so I would just say make the most of all of those opportunities that come your way um because yeah it's so valuable especially even for after university you know there are people on my course who I'm in touch with or lecturers or PhD students you get to talk to Mm -hmm. who have got your back still because you you kept in contact with them and you spoke to them and you know I there's a lovely PhD student who sends me like jobs she thinks I'd be interested in and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um so just make the most of all those opportunities, which I feel like I definitely did. But I think you can never have enough of that, you know? Yeah. So making the most of it, and um, in particular, you're saying sort of 
getting those networks because they'll yeah. be sort of long lasting they'll help you what about you Emily gosh I think I think making sure I make time for other things as well obviously you know masters are great as well but I think it's important as well to um make time for the other things that you know the, the more social side of things at uni and because um, again it kind of ties into networking you meet sort of connections and people but it's also just it's just good and healthy to not be always mm. studying I'm, yeah. I'm like overworker um which you guys will remember from living with me you'd often be like stop working now Emily it's fine you can do it you can finish um and I think it's the same for the masters because again it is a busy time there's lots going on um, but even if it's just like one society or a group of friends that you meet up with just to kind of you know make sure you get out of the house and, yeah. and just stare at your computer all the time because it's really important um, and will actually kind of make your university experience a lot more well-rounded because Absolutely. you're um, having you know met a lot of different people you know it's a very rare opportunity being at uni where you have so many people from different backgrounds in the same place um, and so make the most of that, I think, is what I would, would recommend. What about you, Zoe? Gosh, yeah, I feel like I had three and I feel like both of you have covered my one and two, to be honest. I, I think especially Emily's point of like, make sure you you take some time out and mm. actually have a university experience. Because I think whilst we've had a very serious conversation about the fact that you need to be invested and you need to be thinking about your future, you need to be passionate. Do you know what? My master's, I put my hand up, my master's was a panic master's. Like it was good because I like studying and that's all fine. My master's was absolutely a panic master's, but I took that time to learn more about myself, explore different hobbies. And you know what? It's such a unique time, as you were saying, Emily, like you don't get so much free time. Again, you don't get extended periods of holiday again. So absolutely just like making sure you continue to, you know, enjoy the social side and, and put yourself out there. But I think for me, um, I, I wish I had maybe a bit of a better approach to failure I think and I mean that in the sense that I think and I'm, I'm really preaching to the uh, converted here because I know you two are the same but <laughs> I put myself under a lot of pressure and I need to succeed if I don't get this it's not good even if it is and I think that I wish I'd been a bit more chill about it during my master's years um, if I didn't get a good grade or whatever because it's not like I want to do a PhD um and now I'm finding out the hard way that in the working world you often get things <laughs> you often get failure and criticism so I wish I'd sort of been more receptive to that during my master's years yeah, yeah success is an interesting one as well because I think when you're at uni the the way you view success is like oh graduating with a first or whatever and yes that is an amazing achievement and you should be really proud of that if you if you do because it is a lot of hard work um but I think success can look different as well. And don't underestimate other kinds of success. I think if you can emerge from your masters, knowing more about yourself and what you're passionate about and you know how you, how you cope with stress or you know, coming out with a better understanding of that, that is such an, an achievement um, and should still be viewed with you know, the same level that, that you achieve, you know, you know, that you um, kind of praise getting a first yeah like it's, it's just as valuable and um yeah so just don't underestimate the different kinds of success you know for me I just see how much I've grown in confidence and um like I look at the girl I was when I joined uni and who I am now and it's so different and I'm so like grateful of how far I've come and 
um, that's not just limited to kind of academic um, ventures. Like it's just more about m- me as a person. And so I think, yeah, don't don't underestimate the different kinds of success that will come out of um, you know your time at uni. So if you had to uh, challenge us three now to sum up sort of everything that we've been speaking about, if you had to sum up your master's experience in one word, what would you say? I'll start, I'll start, take the pressure off because it was my question. (laughs) I think fascinating would be my word. And that's fascinating in a good sense and fascinating in some surprising senses, but just fascinating. That's my word. That's a good word. I do an English degree and all, all knowledge of words. <laughs> I'm like, what are some synonyms? <laughs> okay, should I go next? Yes, okay, please. Really give you a bit more time to think. I don't know if this works very well, but I would just say opportunity or opportunities. You know, just opportunities to learn more, to grow more as a person, um, to become more independent, to study what you're interested in. Um, there's just so much opportunity that you can make the most of i would go for maybe like growth yeah a lot of growing in your masters as an academic and just as a as a young person or you know old person because you can do a master's whatever time (laughs) Um, but you know growth i think you you do kind of grow a lot um yeah like i was saying you just you know just as a person you sort of see how much you change through that year but and as an academic as well so i think there's a lot of growing that happens in that year that's a good one so Ali thank you very much for imparting your knowledge on us but we're going to have to ask you one little favour hopefully you can stick around and help us out on our next segment our next piece of the podcast is life bites so we've reached out to our followers on instagram to see if they had any questions if you want to get in touch and involved for a next episode then make sure you're following us at what next the podcast that's at what next the podcast on instagram or email us at what next the podcast at gmail.com so sophie how are those questions looking have we got any juicy ones yeah so I've got a few questions in um I'm going to start with this one just finished my undergraduate course this June and the job market is really tough at the moment I've never properly considered doing a master's before but as I haven't got a job lined up at the moment I'm wondering whether I should apply what are your thoughts and do you have any advice well I feel like this kind of relates to sort of what I was saying a bit earlier about me and my panic masters mm. I think it is absolutely okay if you are getting to sort of maybe you haven't you know you're not sure what you wanted to do and you get to the end of the undergrad and that still hasn't changed for some people that will be the case and that's absolutely fine or maybe you just haven't really thought about it yet I don't think there's anything wrong with doing panic masters really as long as you genuinely enjoy your subject you genuinely be interested in spending you know another year studying it and that the cost of that will be fine I think there's nothing wrong with Mm. applying and seeing what happens especially if the job market is difficult yeah I think the only thing I'd suggest is evaluate how much you actually enjoyed being at uni because I think sometimes you get to the end of it and then you look back with um like rose-tinted spectacles and you think oh it was glorious it was a great time and actually in reality you really hated it and really didn't like studying and all of the kind of ins and outs and the kind of grueling stuff of of being in academia um so I think if you are considering doing a master's 
while they are great, they are tough. Um, so, you know, if, if you didn't actually really enjoy uni, I'd say just, just don't bother, don't put yourself through it because it is an expense. Um, but equally, if you did actually, you, you know, you didn't mind being uni, thought it was quite fun, and there's not really other op many other options, like Zoe was saying, push that door, see what happens, because um, there's no harm in applying. Perfect. And I've got one more question. Someone said, hello, I'm loving the podcast. Yeah. I was wondering how the grading system works for a master's. At undergraduate level, we're used to having 2-1, two, 2-2 two, two, um, and a first grading system. But I've heard at master's level, it's a bit different. Emily, yeah. I feel like you're, you're a good person to ask this <laughs> as you're currently doing your master's. That's very true. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if it's different for other faculties. Um, so I will just say this is purely for English at Southampton. Um, there's a little disclaimer, so it could be different <laughs> elsewhere. But so far, the the marking is the same um, in terms of kind of the number that you get, but it's just the wording is different. So um, at Southampton in undergraduate, if you got a 70 upwards, that was a first. Um, but now it's a distinction um, in the kind of, 60s that used to be a 2-1 and that's now a merit and then I think below that it's a pass but I, mm -hmm. I guess that's in the 50s I could be wrong but um yes yeah, so I think that's that's how it goes I don't think you can get anything higher than a distinction whereas I think in theory you can get a double first if you go above a certain point I, I don't I've know heard of that before but I don't yeah. know if it's true I have heard that I think it might be more engineering kind of yes, maths definitely. and stuff sort of Oxbridge and that lot they have double first. yes it's Oxbridge. Um, but I don't know if that's an Oxbridge thing or if that's a kind of you know for us lesser uni <laughs> like, oh no don't do that but you know, as far as I'm aware that's that's the way it goes for me but I don't know if that was yeah. different for you guys or if that's the same no I think that's a pretty standard thing but I definitely remember going from undergrad to master's and thinking what is this distinction yeah. merit pass why don't they just keep it the same yeah. level it's like um, a music exam, isn't it it's yeah like, and people who don't know about masters don't necessarily understand that um it's exactly the same just a different name really exactly yeah it like how they changed all the gcse's to numbers instead of letters but i'm like why <laughs> why different labels same thing well, hopefully those answers have sort of helped to clear things up in terms of our lovely listeners' questions. Uh, and we actually have now reached the end of our podcast. So thank you so much for coming on, Emily. We've had a lovely time. I hope you've enjoyed your time with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's been such a pleasure. Absolutely. Anytime, anytime you want to come back and sing a bit Lizzo of us, we'll be happy to have you. As per usual, we've reached the end of our podcast. If you'd like to get involved and send in a question for us to read next week, then please make sure you're following us on Instagram at whatnextthepodcast and make sure to email us at our email address, whatnextthepodcast at gmail.com. Sophie, how have you found having our first interviewee on our podcast today? It's been so nice. It's been so nice, I think, to just relive the master's kind of year. And I think it's nice that, you know, Amelie's in the middle of it at the moment and we've kind of gone through it. And so it's nice to have those two different perspectives for people who are maybe considering doing a master's degree um, or people who just want a bit of advice who are going through it at the moment. And we hope you found it useful um, let us know if you have any opinions, if you have any other questions. Um, we'll just spam Amelie for you and get the insider goth. 
<laughs> yeah make sure you keep listening we'll have a new episode out next week and we look forward to catching up then bye 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 <laughs> bye bye, bye. <laughs>